As the Americas brace for another hurricane season, what should you be doing to make sure your business is prepared? When you see a storm coming and your infrastructure is in harm's way, you don't have to wait till the impact is certain to call us. Coming up, we'll get advice on how to be ready for what could be another intense series of storms and find out how International SOS helped one company when a massive hurricane hit last year. Being able to rely on International SOS to to provide that service for us has been a very big help for us. Preparing for hurricane season in the Americas, a new podcast from International SOS. Hello, I'm Paul Osborne. The hurricane season in the Atlantic Basin and Eastern Pacific runs from June through to November, with the strongest storms usually between August and October. This year's could be especially intense, with perhaps as many as 20 named storms. Aside from the risk to life, hurricanes can have a huge impact on vital services and infrastructure, potentially causing significant disruption to businesses in the path of the storm. Leading international SOS's response to hurricanes is Josh Dozer, General Manager for Medical and Security Assistance Services in the Americas and formerly a leading figure in FEMA. When I spoke to him earlier, I started by asking what we're expecting from this year's hurricane season. So NOAA, the agency who does the forecasting for hurricanes for the United States, has an outlook that there will be 14 to 21 named storms of those named storms, about six to 10 of them would be hurricanes. And about three to six of them could be major hurricanes. That's a, an above average hurricane season. It's also important to note that the definition of what is an average hurricane season has increased. In the past, 12 named storms was a customary average, and now the new average was increased to about 14 storms. We know that last year was one of the most active seasons on record, and it's beginning to sound like that's the new normal. Yeah, it could be. Uh, the conditions that are conducive to hurricane formation are certainly more favorable more often. Uh, what I mean is, for example, the ocean temperature is, is warmer uh, than it's been before. And hurricanes gain their strength from the ocean temperature. And the higher the ocean temperature, the more frequent, the, the, the quicker it can intensify. If we do see significant activity in the coming months, what sort of impacts would you expect? Increased flooding, particularly inland flooding, much further than inland in the, the coast. Second, a greater amount of our population is living in harm's way. And with that becomes a higher concentration of persons who will be directly impacted and a higher concentration of public infrastructure that will be impacted. Uh, and because our infrastructure is more and more dependent with each other, we're going to see greater cascading impacts across all sectors. And that presumably makes preparation even more important. Tell me a little bit about how International SOS responds to hurricanes. So continuously, we're monitoring this, the state of risk in an area and providing alerts and guidance and responding to questions about what those impacts might mean to the traveler, what those impacts might mean to the company they may ask questions about the risk of where they're traveling to or where they currently are. When the storm becomes imminent, we often get requests for assistance to evacuate vulnerable populations before landfall and to mitigate the risk. You have a limited window of opportunity to do so. We have, we have to act quickly and we actually, and we do. And then post landfall, after the storm makes an impact, 
The provision of humanitarian assistance, emergency food supplies is a consistent request for assistance, as well as the medical evacuation or security evacuation of persons back to their uh, Uh, their home home country. Josh, for the moment, thank you. Well, one of last year's most significant storms was Hurricane Ida, which struck in August 2021 and left more than a million people without power across eight states. Oh, my God! Yo, yo! This is going to be a devastating, a devastating hurricane. A life-threatening storm. Hurricane Ida slamming into Louisiana as a powerful Cat 4 storm, sending fierce winds of up to 150 miles per hour and surging waters. The life-threatening system carving a path of destruction over several hours. There is no doubt that the coming days and weeks are going to be extremely difficult for our state. The rain just kept coming. It wouldn't stop coming. The rain One company hit by Ida was Anthem Inc., one of the United States' largest health companies. It's recently changed its name to Elevance Health, and last year it was one of the clients assisted by International SOS. Well, we can speak now to Casey Johnston, who is their staff vice president for international security risk and intelligence. Casey, first of all, tell us how your company was affected when Ida struck. We had thousands of employees uh, within that region as a whole and several hundred uh, residing in the most heavily impacted areas along the Gulf Coast. We had a number of employees that we had reached out to post-landfall that had stated that they were impacted and and were requesting uh, some sort of assistance, ranging from uh, assistance with finding alternate lodging, uh, essential goods, or or simply that they you know, just were without power and were unable to, to work remotely. Tell me about the help that International SOS was able to provide to you. Uh, after talking uh, with our internal partners and leadership, we engaged International SOS to provide a, a water and essential item delivery to one of our local offices, uh, which allowed us to have those supplies on hand for, for distribution to our employees in that area. What kind of difference does it make to be able to get that kind of help? The response we received from the uh, employee population was great in showing that we, we cared for them and, and we're doing everything in our power to, to help take care of them. You know, we as a company, we have uh, sites across the United States and we don't have the, the internal resources to be in, in every location. And so being able to rely on International SOS to, to provide that service for us um, in a quick response fashion has been a very big help for us in our response efforts. It was a good mission, and we were a mission that we were very proud of uh, to implement. Uh, you know, our, our, the people here working in the operations center identify with those who they're supporting with, and they, they executed that with great pride. Obviously, in the midst of an emergency like that, Casey, the need for a company like yours to be able to continue operating is vital. It is. And, and you know, on top of the, the safety of our employees, you know, one of the other key areas of focus for us, like any company, is the continuity of operations. And, and for us, that's a, it's a collaborative effort between our, our facilities, uh, business continuity, HR, and, and other groups to, to ensure that we don't have any disruptions if our our employees are impacted either you know, by power outages or, or if they're displaced or, or any other factors. Now, Ida hit during the COVID pandemic. Did that create additional challenges? Yeah, I would say one of the, the big challenges we faced uh, several times uh, during COVID is that you know majority of our, our workforce is working remotely. And so typically our facilities will be on backup generator power. But when you have hundreds of employees working from their residences and our sites are, are closed down, 
and then there's power outages uh, impacting more than a million people in the area. It, it has a high potential to to impact operations for us. I think additionally, from a, a safety perspective, just the, the COVID restrictions or, or guidance around you know, where they can go to seek shelter all have to be considered when determining uh, the best course of action to, to support your local staff. Well, let's bring Josh back in now as we talk about preparations for the coming hurricane season. Josh, you talked about the importance of preparing particularly as hurricanes become more and more intense. So if you're running a business that is in the potential path of a storm, what should you be doing now to get ready? You know, one thing you could do is when you see a storm coming and your infrastructure is in harm's way or potentially in harm's way, uh, you don't have to wait till the impact is certain to call us. You could reach out to us. We could open a case. You could inquire about what are the scope of potential capabilities that might be available. And think about it. Uh, and hold on to that. And so we, in response, we're better prepared to support quickly. And you're more educated in understanding of what might, what tools might be available in your toolbox. What I would recommend improved preparations with contracts. Uh, the contracts needed for business continuity, the contracts needed for business recovery, from fuel uh, to generator maintenance to material for rebuilding. These are going to be hard to come by. Uh, there's, there's always a high demand for those contracts. So I always recommend companies to relook at their contracts. What are they missing? What gaps do they have? And to build that portfolio and build those relationships with those contractors prior to the season. Because when, when, that, when that storm hits, all the companies are going to be searching for the same providers. I know that part of this is going to be that decision on when to evacuate. And that presumably is quite a finely balanced decision between ordering the evacuation, or telling people to shelter in place. Yeah, and most time people make the mistake of looking at the location of the eye of the storm and factoring that decision. When in fact, you should be basing that decision based upon when is the most reasonable likelihood of the arrival of tropical storm force winds, which could occur an entire day or more before the arrival of the eye of the storm. Uh, that's important because when those tropical storm force winds arise, that's when large trucks will stop moving, that's when uh, air movement ceases, and that's when you start to see closures of operations. So you have to prepare for the arrival of those tropical storm force winds and basing that evacuation decision time. Now, Casey talked about the challenges last year dealing with Hurricane Ida during the pandemic, particularly because of remote working. Is COVID still a factor now? Absolutely. Uh, think about half a million or a million persons potentially needing shelter following evacuation. Well, COVID plays a factor in how you shelter, the concentration of persons within confined spaces. Second, there are disruptions in supply chain that we're seeing now under the blue sky. Imagine what those supply chain disruptions will be under a hurricane situation. Now, Casey, just when people think that the season's coming to an end and the worst may be over, frequently there is a second peak of storms late in the hurricane season. So presumably there's a very long period when you have to be alert to the danger. Yeah, and I would say it really it's a it's a year-long process now between the, the preparation and then the, the actual you know, monitoring and, and response. And we've definitely experienced more storms and, and as you mentioned later into the year over the past couple of years. Yeah, there's, there's good examples. In 2012, just when we thought we were out of the season, Hurricane Sandy uh, took a left uh, hook into New York uh, during Halloween. So it goes very late, and uh, we should always be uh, poised. 
What do you think is the key element of hurricane planning that is most often forgotten? We often think about how we would respond, but we don't sufficiently think about how we would recover. Put yourself in the shoes of the scenario where after you, it's, it's the aftermath of a Cat 4 hurricane that's impacted your operations. Ask yourself, how do you want to re- rebuild? Do you want to change your kinds of operations? Do you want to change your location? These are the types of things that uh, are, are major decisions that you're going to have to be made very early on. So it's, it's good to think about those. I mean, it sounds like a never-ending task to be prepared for this, but presumably, Casey, the time that is spent preparing is repaid hugely if two months later you are in the path of a storm. Yeah, absolutely. While you know, not every scenario can be planned for specifically, but you know, the more pre-planning that can be done, the, the easier and the more efficient the response will be. Josh, presumably at this stage in the year for your team at International SOS, there is a sense of gearing up for what you know is going to be a period of intense activity. Yeah, right now we're, we're seeing um, uh, some beginning storms in both the Atlantic and the Pacific. They're forming very south in the lower Antilles and August and September are the highest points uh, and uh, the most active. But then uh, October is usually the, the last large point of which high frequency of, of high intensity. We're fortunate in that hurricane season gives you a ramp up period for a couple of months to get acclimated before it really hits you hard in uh, late July. Josh Dozer, thank you very much. Josh is General Manager for Medical and Security Assistance Services in the Americas region at International SOS. Thanks, too, to Casey Johnston, Staff Vice President to International Security, Risk and Intelligence at Elevance Health. Well, for help and information about hurricane season in the Americas, clients can head to internationalsos.com. And from the website, you can find out how to get in touch with us via our global network of assistance centres available to clients 24-7. For now, though, thanks very much for listening, and until next time, goodbye.